And welcome to the 30th ever episode of the Ice Coffee Hour. My name is James, and we have made $23,249.61 to date. Wow. That was good. That did was I really nail good. it? You nailed you did. it. You're the first person to ever read the analytics while doing wow. it, but you did very, very well. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. So we came all the way to Utah to do this episode. So if that doesn't deserve a like, I don't know what does, because you just bought a Bugatti. I did. You're 31 years old. I did, yes. We can't say, we can't say, doing yeah. so well. Doing really doing well. so well. We don't want to say the K word. <laughs> no, 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 Leak no, no. that out. So thanks so much yeah. for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Definitely. Thanks for coming to visit me. So explain really quick what you do, what your business is, how you were able to buy a Bugatti at 31 years old, going from this, you sort of living in your car. Yeah, yeah. So... My name is James. I run a YouTube channel, The Strad Man. Mm. I made up that name when I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Dream car was the Ferrari Challenge Stradali. So it's a playoff Stradali. Mm. So start off the YouTube channel, filming cars, car spotting, and then got a real job for a while, but continued the car spotting. Bought a Lamborghini, channel took off, bought some more cars, bought a Jeep, continued to grow. Yep. And then I decided it felt right to buy a Bugatti. <laughs> but really, yeah. the only reason... I could buy it is because of my YouTube channel. It's the ultimate justification tool, mm-hmm. you know, because I can drive it. I can film content with it. Every single, every single time I drive that car, I'm making money. I'm filming videos. I'm doing Instagram stuff. I'm doing TikTok stuff. So albeit an expensive car to operate, the money that I yeah. make offsets it, you know? What got you into cars? I have loved cars since before I can remember time. Like I've, it's just always been there. The passion's always been there and I've always loved photography. And so I've always had a camera in hand and I've wanted to take photos of cars. So even when you were like four or five, you had a fascination with cars and it just stuck with you Mm -hmm. all the way till now. I have pictures of me as like a five-year-old standing in front of a Lamborghini Countach, (laughs) you know, that's awesome. like DuPont registry is a magazine that has like amazing cars for sale. And I remember I'd go to like the local grocery store and I'd go to the magazine section to see the DuPont registry. And I just flipped through it, looking at all these cars for sale. And I'd find, Oh, there's this dealership in Portland, Oregon. And I begged my parents whenever we went to Portland to go to this car dealership. And so one of those photos in front of the Countach was from that. So I've just, the passion's always been there. And, uh, why haven't you gotten a challenge Stradale yet? Of all the cars, right, right, pick right. Anything. Why right. not pick the one that you're named after? Well, dreams change over time. And so when I was 14 years old, the Challenge Stradale was my, my favorite car in the world. But now that I'm in a position where I can actually afford, you know, a car of that magnitude, my favorite car in the world is a Lamborghini Aventador, and there's two of them parked behind us. Mm-hmm. So it's mainly just dreams change when I made up the name. Obviously, the name stuck. That being said, I still think the car is amazing, and someday I'll buy one. Yeah. For sure. I would bet in the next, like, year and a half I'll own one. Got it. So it's coming soon. What was the first car you got? First car that I bought with my own money was a 2000 Volkswagen Passat wagon. How much was that? 6,000 bucks. How do you get the money to buy that? So when I was 10 years old, I got a paper route and I was a paper boy for a number of years, earned some money. And then in high school, I worked at a candy store called Goodies in Bend, Oregon, made, I don't know, eight bucks, a, eight bucks an hour. And then when I was in college, I had a couple internships working for the Oregon Department of Transportation. Those jobs actually paid decent for the mm. time. And I just didn't spend any money because cars have always been my love. And so I basically saved up all the money that I earned from those four career, careers. So. <laughs> Professions. Professions, yes. Thank you, thank you Graham. Okay. Uh, 
and I took all that money to buy my Passat. And what made you decide that car specifically? I kind of sort of got talked into it by my parents because uh, it was like the ultimate mom right? yeah. yeah, it was yeah. a wagon. Is that a cool it was car a wagon. to pull up to a high school with? With tan <laughs> yeah. interior. Yeah. So I got talked into it and it was a nice car. Don't get me wrong. Like it was a nice car. And then about 10 months later, um, my girlfriend and I broke up at the time. Mm-hmm. We broke up and I guess I had my midlife crisis Oh. And I, I, saw, I sold the Passat wagon and I went and I bought a sports car. Is that the Audi? An Audi TT at 2002. Quattro, 225 horsepower. I would have been a sophomore in college when I bought that. Yeah. That's a decent car for a sophomore yeah. in college. Yeah, it was yeah. 13800 bucks. Okay. I financed, I would have financed, uh, what, maybe 8000 bucks of it and put down, you know, 5800 or so. What made you want to get a paper route? So, Is that your parents too? Is that your mom? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, so I have, I have three older brothers, okay. and they all were paper boys as well. And so growing up, like my parents wouldn't buy me anything. They'd buy me the necessities, clothes, food. You know, once a year before school, we'd go get school supplies, and then Christmas and my birthday. That was it. Anything else? If I wanted Grand Theft Auto, they weren't going to buy it for me. I had to buy it myself. And I saw my older brothers with their paper outs, you know, and they were able to buy stuff. And so I basically was like, well, that's how you make money. And I think I made 10 cents per newspaper delivered. And I had, I think, 36 newspapers to deliver every day. So I made uh, $3.60 every day. You know what kids are doing now? It's those uh, magazine subscriptions at school. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't even remember that. That's school brings that, though. Yeah, school school does that. So what they do is they'll, they'll come in and they'll say... If you want to sell these newspapers, or sorry, if you want to sell these magazines to your like friends and family and neighbors, if you sell twenty magazine subscriptions, mm. we'll give you this reward. We'll give right. you a fidget spinner. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You could win like candy <laughs> and like like all these things. How is that allowed with child labor laws? I don't know. Yeah, I did that. You know, sixth grade, I did that. Uh, and the top prize was a limo drive oh to get pizza. I kid you not. And I wanted nothing more than just to do that. And wow. I kid you not, I sold enough magazine subscriptions. I don't know. How. And you oh, got you know it? No, my dad took it into his work. I think my dad did most oh, of the work for wow. me. Okay. Yeah, hey, he you, went into his work. Whatever and works. I think he peddled this magazine. <laughs> some sort of subscription. or There's something he had to sign up for. Right, right. Uh, and I think I got like the 20 needed or whatever. And it was like lunchtime on a Tuesday. A limo pulls wow. up in front of school. You were the coolest kid in school. It was like me and seven other kids. And we we all got a limo and uh, pizza. It was so cool. That's the ultimate motivation. Congratulations. Yeah. It's been a winner since ever, day one. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to relive that, I don't know if you saw the Rolls Royce limo outside the house. I saw that. But like, if you need to take it for a spin, let me know. That would be fun. To get pizza. Yeah, we'll even sell it to you. Relive the you glory days. Gosh. <laughs> Why did you buy that car? Oh, So explain what was that a mistake. is. What, what is that? It was a mistake is what it was. So as a YouTuber, there are moments of weakness in your life when you're struggling for content. And for me living here in Utah, January, I think for every YouTuber, January is like, you know, you've been hustling, you know, to earn that December ad revenue. January comes around and you're just like, oh, what do I do? So late one night, January last year, sitting on the couch, my buddy Nick Burlacker, he's sitting on the couch and I'm looking at buying a Rolls Royce drop head coupe, which is like a newer Rolls Royce convertible. It's just like, it's the most ridiculous car. And I would just I do not belong in a Rolls Royce Phantom drop a coupe. So I was going to buy one. And then I was scrolling and I found this Rolls Royce limo. And somehow we came up with the idea that it'd be smart for me. For, I came up with the idea mm-hmm. to buy it. 
I'd get some content out of it and then I would gift it to Nick to help his channel. And then he would be able to use the limo and take it out on Uber rides and we'd bury it and, you know, cut the roof off and turn it into a hot tub and just like do silly, stupid nonsense. This is what happened in January. And so we, we went through with it. I bought that thing for $20,000. How is it so cheap? What year is it? I was thinking, how is it so expensive? How is it? Does really? it run well? <laughs> it, it runs decent. Yeah, it runs okay. How luxurious? It's, is it fancy? It's not, I mean, so in 1982, it was effectively the most expensive car money could buy. Like when you think of a, think of a brand new Rolls Royce today, like a Rolls Royce Cullinan, this was the equivalent, but this was the limousine How much version. was it? What was the MSRP? Um, I think it was about 150000 So back in 1982, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a lot, lot that's of money. That is a lot. Which is what a new Rolls Royce is. factory limo? Or? It's a factory limo. There's only even, 16 of them in the world. So how is it 20,000? Wouldn't you say that's like, it's a Rolls Royce, only 16 of them? Yeah, it's rarity alone. Like yeah, collectible. Here you are, like, huge... let's put a hot tub in it. <laughs> Well, they this, would be disgraced back well, in that, that that's year. Why we, that's why we didn't do it. The reason we didn't cut the roof off and do everything is because we felt guilty. Because I'm a car guy through and through. And for me to just like trash this somewhat collectible car seemed wrong. You know, it's just because the yeah. car does have some value to the right person. And I just don't know who the right person is to buy it off of us. But how is it 20K? How does a car depreciate that much? There's probably a such Rolls a Royce. few, like such little demand for a yeah, car. Yeah, I like mean, that. would you want a 1982 Rolls Royce limo? Like, what would you do with that? What was what would the mo- what would the majority of people do with that? It is Speechless. so like He's large. I it's like no large. I put a in it. it. It's large and inconvenient. It's an eyesore yeah. too. You know, sitting in front of the house, it leaks oil. (laughs) It's just like, it's just, and you know, it's speed. Yeah. It's not great. What about this burying it? I heard a story. Were you telling me that you're going to bury it? We did bury it. Why? You're talking about like not putting a jacuzzi, but it's okay okay to bury it. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Vessi. Don't you guys hate it when you're crying because you don't have a girlfriend and your tears drip onto your shoes and get your socks all wet? Well, fortunately for you, Vessi is here. Vessi makes these amazing waterproof shoes that will always be sure to keep your feet dry, even in the harshest conditions. Not only that, but the shoes that they sent me, I wear them all the time. They're comfy enough for me to go on my walks in and stylish enough for me to visit the family in. They really are a great pair of shoes. I just leave my Vessis by the door and feel confident to throw them on in any kind of weather. And guess what, guys? You're in luck. Vessi is holding an early holiday sale, so click the link down below and get $25 off your Vessis. And if you miss out on the sale, use code ICEDCOFFEE to get $25 off your new pair of Vessis. So I'm not saying you have to do it, but if you need a new pair of shoes, I really encourage you guys to get a pair of Vessis because I'm going to be honest, I, I genuinely love mine and I wear them all the time. Once again, check out Vessi.com, V-E-S-S-I.com slash iced coffee to get $25 off your new pair of shoes. And with that said, you guys, back to the podcast. Right, right. So when I say bury it, it wasn't a true burial. It's more like we created a tomb and we put the car in the tomb, if that makes sense. So I don't know if you saw at the house. We have a massive hole in the backyard that we dug. Yeah. And then we drove the limo down in the hole. And then we covered the hole with a bunch of plywood and dirt. And then we put the plywood over kind of like a tomb. And we left it there. And then we dug it out Who's, shortly thereafter. That was for a video? It was for a video. Yep. Is that mm-hmm. your idea too? Uh, yeah. Nick and I kind of decided to do it together. I would do the video bearing it. He would do the video unbearing it. So it'd be a good collab. He'd get some content. I'd get some content. Okay. And the thought process was maybe we could make this video go viral pay for the limo so then we wouldn't feel as bad about buying the limo what happened did it go viral Uh, no it got a million views so it paid for itself yeah i mean it it paid for itself but it didn't it didn't do anything in excess 
and I'm not complaining about the views. It just but but here's the thing: the, the car has value to it. Absolutely, so you're ahead now. Oh yeah, we are ahead. The car, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And you got the content out mm-hmm. of it, so you made money from it. We did make money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we made money. So all in all, from an investment standpoint, ROI is actually pretty high. It's actually higher than most of the cars in here. <laughs> we were talking yeah. to another YouTuber, Carter Scherer, oh, and uh-huh. he basically started buying a bunch of really nice cars because yep. they provided a better ROI than he could have found anywhere else for his YouTube channel. How many cars have you bought to date? And have you ever had a negative ROI on those cars? So every single car I've had a positive ROI by a landslide. Like so just, it's a no-brainer oh, it's a every no-brainer. single time. Every single time. The Rolls-Royce would be... I, I just haven't filmed that much with it. But from a percentage standpoint, it'd actually be pretty pretty good. But yeah, every single car. Every single car. Easily. And how many cars yeah. have you bought? Ooh, that's a tough question. I have eight cars right now. I've sold probably five or six cars in the past two years. So maybe 14. Let's talk briefly about your living situation. You're yes. living with Nick. Nick, yep, who Berlacher. is was your boss. He was, uh-huh. Who fired you. Yeah, in a way. In a, in a way, yeah. Okay. For YouTube, he fired me. In For real YouTube, life, yeah. I got laid off, but YouTube views are a lot better when you say <laughs> the word fired. But yeah, so I met Nick. He took a chance on me. I worked for him for a year and a half. Company went belly up, and then I went YouTube full-time. I was living in an apartment up in Park City, and it was like, I don't know, six, 700 bucks a month. And I was, I wanted to go to Europe for six weeks to film videos. I was like, well, I can't afford rent while I'm gone. So I rented a storage unit, put everything I owned in the storage unit, booked a flight, went to Europe with Gordon F spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was there for six weeks, came back from Europe and didn't have a place to live. And Nick and I had kept in touch while I was gone. He's like, dude, I got a spare bedroom. I'll rent it to you for 250 bucks a month. So here I am like, you know, trying to, grow my YouTube channel, you know, trying to keep my expenses at an all time low, Mm -hmm. not sure how much I'm going to make every month. And Nick basically just gives me a room for free. Mm -hmm. You know, he just gave it for me for free. And it just like, all of a sudden I had no expenses effectively and that helped me out. Like I can't even measure how much that helped me out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as my channel grew, we started basing my rent off my subscribers. Ooh, but, that's a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And now my rent is $30,000 a month. <laughs> he should have He should have kept going, but he ended up cutting it off. <laughs> so how did this, how did that work? It was a ratio. Yeah, yeah. I want to know what the... So it was, it was, subscri- <laughs> so when I, I was paying $250 imagine, a month. Imagine in your videos, guys, do not subscribe. <laughs> Watch every video. I can't afford Don't it. Don't subscribe. <laughs> it's going to cost me so much money. So when I had $250, 150,000 subs. My rent was 250 bucks a month. Once it was 300,000, I had 300 bucks a month. So then when I hit so 500,000, so my rent was based off the number of subscribers. Could you make so much money off 300,000 subscribers? Like, per million subscribers. At 300,000 subs, I wasn't making very much money. Why? YouTube that, rates have gone up so much. But really? on sponsorships yeah. as well. I didn't get my first sponsored yeah. video until like 300,000 subs. Wait, and it was like 600 bucks, so which how is much, not bad. How but, much were we making back then? Oh, I should have done some research. It wasn't, it was equivalent to making like 50, 60,000 a year. So I was probably making not bad. four or 5,000 mm-hmm. a month. Obviously, the nice thing about YouTube is everything's a write-off. Yeah. So, you know. I was, I was making equivalent to what I was as an accountant, but I had so many write-offs that helped a ton. Right. Yeah. But that was probably around 300,000 subs. I think around six, 700,000. That's when it like took <laughs> when off. It, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. when it was like, okay, wow, I'm making, I'm making like legit money now. Yeah. You know? 
I remember what's, what's legit money? Oh, I mean, this was $15,000 a month. That's legit. No, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Absolutely. You know, at that time, that was like, wow, I'm making, I'm making six plus figures filming these dumb YouTube videos, chasing cars around the world, getting to travel all the time, have the experiences of a lifetime making six figures, you know? So that was, and then it kind of just took off from there. That's what's so crazy about YouTube. It's like, you have to work so much harder at the beginning Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways than I do now. Yet the rewards are all now. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, I guess everything is like yeah. that in life, though. But at what subscriber count did the rent kind of cap off? So I currently pay $800 a month. So it capped at like yeah, I guess it would have Well, so I was living in his yeah. townhome at the time. Yeah. And then he decided he wanted to buy the house. So he sold his townhome, bought the house. I followed him from his townhome to yeah. his house. And then a year later, he got married. I still live with him. And then I got a dog yeah. a year later, and my dog How lives does, with us as well. You're taking yeah. over. I know. Does, <laughs> pretty soon, you may as well just take the master bedroom in the house. <laughs> Give yeah. Rick in the room. I don't know if that's going to happen. Month. Yeah. But how does that how does that dynamic work with like him and his wife and, and just you in the house? Does, yeah. How, how, how was your relationship with his wife? Great. Okay. Awesome. It really helps that I have a really, really cute dog. Yeah. Because she loves Oscar, my dog, so much. And I think I think that helps. She's super easygoing. I'm easygoing. And I think just our personalities just mesh really well. Yeah. Nick and I get along so well, too, that I think she understands that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I think that she sees that Nick is happy having me around, so it makes her happy. Yeah. And I'm happy being around and so I, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic, but it works really, really well. Hmm. At least from my perspective. Yeah. You know, I but, haven't gotten the notice yeah. on the door yet. <laughs> but you're talking about now moving out. Yes. When do I you am. want to move out? So I am scheduled to break ground on my house in January. And then as soon as the house is done, they told me nine, 10 months. No. I know. And I, and I yeah. Everything. Year and a half. Oh, a year and a half, bro. It's, it's honestly going to be a year and a half. I know. I would bet you $1,000 now. $1,000 right now. Wow. It's going to be 18 months. Look at this guy. He tried betting Take me it. earlier. I'm glad he I did He was didn't. trying to bet me earlier. I saved money. And that. I saved, yeah, you would owe me 500 bucks right I now. I would have. 1,000 bucks. Done. I Let's got do ahead it. of myself. Are we doing this? Wait, wait, okay. So You're not going to cut say? this out of the video, are no. you, Jack? I'm going to leave it no. in. I'm going to say, from the day you start, whenever that is. Okay, okay. Oh, it's you're going throwing to be, me a bone right now. It's going to be 18 months. From the day we break ground. From the day you break ground to the point where construction is completely done. When I move in, like certificate of occupancy. Certificate of occupancy. Okay. But okay. you can't like, you know, one the garage isn't done, let's just say, but the house right. is technically, no no technicalities here. The whole of thing course, has of course. to be done. I am, I, am, I, am sleep, I am sleeping in my bed in my house for the first night. Yes. And I posted the video yes. moving in. Okay. I'm going to say that's 18 months. Okay. You say you say how long? Under eighteen months. <laughs> well, you can't, can't <laughs> That's all you need. We got. We got. We, okay. Okay. This okay. Okay. The okay. Price is right. It's right. not okay. You got, that, that was the name of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> anyways, um, I'm gonna say so. Ten be months. A great name. Ten months is, is what yeah. I was told, but I also believe that nothing ever gets done on time. Right. I'm gonna say twelve months. Okay. You say twelve. I say eighteen. Right. And whoever's closest. Okay. So fifteen or under is what I need. Yeah. Okay, right. done. Okay. Shake on it.
Okay, we'll just do the Jack. Put the little. This is legally fist binding. Bump. Fist bump. Yeah, it is yeah, legally binding. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A thousand okay. bucks. Thousand USD. Dollars. Yeah, dollars. Yes. Okay. So make sure you're not gonna <laughs> throw me Canadian dollars or something. Pace. Go buy a toothpick. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm gonna say I was, six, I'm not a betting man. But, I've never uh, gambled in my entire life. I could attest to this. Actually, we were in Vegas. Oh, that's right. Remember. Uh, it's, what was this two years ago something yeah, like this we were and i tried so hard to have you put one dollar in the slot machine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think what what like our workaround to this was i was it gordon f spot gave you a dollar no no gordon put the money in the machine and then had you just press the button for gordon's money because yep. you refused to spend any of your well, own money you wanted to give me you were like gonna hand me a 50 dollar bill yes, you're gonna tell it was me good to put luck. in the slot machine because it was good luck. and i was like why can't we go do something else with this 50 i couldn't do it beginner's luck every everyone who's ne- i don't want to go and talk about gambling now but i'm just saying <laughs> there is beginner's luck in the casino, if you go in never having done it before, you always win the first time. Right. Well, that's what they want you to do. Right. Right. Exactly. And then you never win ever again. Of course. So you have one shot where you can win in the casino. Up. And or or did that not count? I don't think it counted because I was definitely not your didn't own win money. anything. We lost that fifty bucks like that. <laughs> but it wasn't your own money. Okay. Why yeah. are you so against gambling? It's just a waste of money. But not only that, but couldn't you find enjoyment out of it? So even if you are spending money, it's like, say you go and you enjoy playing poker. And you go okay, play poker. that's different. And you play for four hours and you lose though. $100. That's different. Poker makes sense because that's actually entertaining. But slot machines, you just push a button. Okay, I agree that's with so, you on like slot machines. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But what about card games like blackjack? blackjack. That would, that would, that would Do I you be, like blackjack okay. and poker? So... I have never played any of those games. I don't know how to play them. And so... it. I don't know. I just get nervous when people invite me to do it because I don't know how to and I don't yes, want to embarrass that's myself. That's Nobody's actually taking the time to properly teach me. And so for me to go to Vegas and be like, oh, I'm going to go play blackjack. <laughs> it's intimidating. And it's yeah, very it's intimidating. intimidating. Exactly. You got to yeah. learn with Anthony. We have a friend. His Anthony, name is Anthony. He was uh, a big time poker player. Loves to let this, this whole stuff. He's a great teacher. He'll teach you how to play blackjack. That's one of my favorite games. And you don't play crazy hands. You're not going to play $100. Of course, of course, of course. Start with $5 a hand. Going with 50 bucks maximum, knowing that if you play correctly, you're going to have fun for an hour at a table with your friends. Right. Go back and forth. Maybe you win some money. Maybe you lose. Worst case, you spent 50 bucks for an hour of, of fun with your friends. That's that's the same price as like Top Golf. Right. Right. Absolutely. Same, same time. Okay. So I'll make anyway. you a deal. Next time yeah. I'm in Vegas, you're in Vegas. Anthony's in Vegas. Let's. Anthony. You can teach. Yeah. Anthony, All where right. are you at, bro? Yeah. Yeah. You teach me. Deal. So anyway, glad to know you're potentially interested in learning about this, but it's fine. That, that's, that's my, uh, my logic behind. I mean, it. we've already made a bet on this podcast. I don't know what, what let's else see, to let's expect. See yeah, let's see. I'm already out of my but, my comfort yeah. zone. But tell us about the house, and I have some yes. thoughts to share with you. Yes. The uh, so the house, <clears throat> uh, breaking ground here soon, hopefully. So originally, the house design, I just wanted it to be a garage, a ten car garage with a two bedroom apartment above it. But I ran into a bunch of city ordinances that wouldn't allow that, basically, and so I had to redesign the house and. I need all of, I don't need, it's so much nicer if all of my cars are easily accessible. It just makes life easier. You know, running over the warehouse and back, like it, it just takes up so much time throughout the day. And so having all my cars at the house, one location would just be life-changing. And I've never had that. Mm-hmm. And so I want, you know, a house, I want to build a house that I can put all my cars, but then also have room for growth. So I have eight cars right now, but yep. looking into the future with the channel, <laughs> There's no reason to think I won't hit 14, 15 cars someday. You know, I don't, past 15 might get a little bit exhausting, but you know, 15 cars. So the house design was kind of centered around that. Exhausting. 
Get it? Yeah. See what I did there? Right. Good one. Um, wow, I completely <laughs> lost yeah. my train of thought with that bombshell <laughs> joke from Graham Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was centered around that central idea. Like I need a, a 15 to 20 car garage. Yeah. But if you're building a 15 to 20 car garage, you have to have a house that's going to be somewhat matching that because someday if I want to sell this place and you have this 20 car garage, you know, with a three bedroom house next to it, like who's going to want to buy that? What husband and wife are going to see that? And the wife's going to like give the stamp of approval. Like, yeah, let's buy that. Like it'd be hard to sell. So I needed a a house that was going to match the garage. So unfortunately that means a, you know, six, 7,000 square foot house attached to it. Um, which is not the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely excessive and the upstairs will probably never be used, honestly. I'm against the house. I watched your video. I know, I know. I knew I this was your coming. Video. And I knew originally when you're talking about creating this whole garage that you could live in, it's not going to happen. Right. And resale is going to be terrible on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But you building a house to match the garage, in my opinion, is, is, a, is a big financial mistake. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Being poorly groomed is a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and give yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice. Inside the Perfect Package 3.0, you can find the Lawnmower 3.0, which is Manscaped's redesigned electric trimmer. It has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so the trimmer reduces cuts and can be used in the shower. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer, that you can use anywhere. I'm also thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your applicated area from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell really nice. Their manly scent is super attractive and will help set the mood. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers. Between you and me, it's time for an upgrade on those undies. I know how long you've had them. Tis the season to manscape. And if you're struggling finding a gift for your dad, your uncle, your brother, your dog, look no further. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 is an amazing gift and you really can't go wrong with it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ICEDCOFFEE at manscaped.com. Make sure to be well-groomed for the holidays and make Santa proud this year. And with that said, back to the podcast. If I were you, buy a house, like a normal house that you would use all of, and maybe you could grow into one day. Right. And then invest the money in a big warehouse. Right. One day you could rent it out to people who want to do like storage or they want to do fulfillment or they want to make manufacturing in there. Yep. But a big warehouse with a whole bunch of open space. You don't need lifts or anything like this. Yeah. yeah. Just this times 10. But that's not cool, bro. Imagine walking into this empty barren warehouse with just a bunch of cars in it and there's nothing to it but that's no assuming you don't build it out right the house is essentially it's the walls imagine all the walls and that's what a garage is yeah but there's but gonna be could, a car elevator and cool led lights and like how much is this gonna cost could do that. so that's the thing that's the other thing these are utah this is a utah house not not a los angeles house this house in la would be like a 10 million dollar house yeah so it's gonna be 1.5 million dollars for the build the land's 460 so right around a two million dollar home which I realize is definitely a very, very nice home. And I'm not trying to say that it's not, but it, you know, a $2 million home in Los Angeles is nothing, right? I mean, it's not nothing, but it's like average. It's, it's average, yeah. Whereas here, you know, the prices are so much less. You get so much more for your dollar here in Utah. And so $2 million, you know, let's say I get a warehouse, <clears throat> that's going to be what, half a million? Yes. Half a million bucks. You buy a house that's going to be probably 700,000, right? Depends on the house area. But like, but the, the thing is, <clears throat> I... I don't need, but I have a Bugatti and I want it to be parked in a place that's somewhat safe. 
And so when I look at the Utah real estate, you're looking at around a $700,000 house. Mm -hmm. That's roughly, so you're looking at 1.2 million right there. So the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying is $800,000. Is that fair? Potentially, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that is fair. That's fair, which is obviously a ton of money. But the other key difference, um, I think, and this is just a thought, this is Mm -hmm. an idea, is the home build videos I think are going to crush YouTube. I think the videos building the house are going to kill it. I think they're going to get double the views that I normally get. I'm planning to film this entire process, and I think it's going to be so sick because you look at the automotive sphere, and you have all these automotive YouTubers and they're all buying cars, they're all building cars, but I'm gonna be building a dream supercar garage, which every single car guy dreams of. So I think that the videos building the house will earn crazy amounts of money. So here's what I'm afraid of. You're gonna be in two million bucks in this house. Yep. For resale, it's, it's, you're not gonna get that back. I, I, I don't not? think. It's, it's such a specific buyer who wants to buy a house like that. I'm not, I want to interrupt you yeah, real quick. Go for it. It's remember it's Utah though. Yes. Utah's not Los Angeles. Everybody in Utah has a fifth wheel trailer, a motor home. They got side by sides. They got dirt bikes. They got trucks. They got trailers. They got how many homes sell for like $2 million a year? Um, a lot in yeah. that area, in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the area, <clears throat> the area that I'm building in, I don't want to say where it is obviously, Fair. but every single house in this area has a massive detached garage. Like nearly every single house in the area probably has a 15 to 20 car So garage. it's not an out of the norm. No, no, it like, fits right in. Yeah, it fits right in. Um, I've seen the renderings of it though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want like, a, it's a two-story garage yes. with, with a bridge that connects to the house. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good way to get around the, 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 you're not supposed to have a garage directly like with the door attaching to right. a main living area. It's supposed to be a transition for like fumes and stuff like that. It's yep. a good way to get around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm worried that you're going to be two million bucks, and then for resale, it's going to be a hard sell, where you might have to sell at one six, right, you know, right. something like that, and, and take a loss on it. So I see this house as a place that I plan to live for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as being a, you know, in a year it's like okay, I I got to move. I see this as being, a, and that's why I'm building it the way I am because I want this 15 to 20 car garage. So I see it, you know, living there for 10, 15, 20 years. And I'd be shocked given how Utah is growing. Yeah. Everybody from California is moving to Utah and you got to tell your family, your friends to stay in California, <laughs> even though you just moved to Vegas, yeah, proving yeah, my Vegas, point. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the Utah market is just out of control. Utah and Idaho, mm-hmm. everybody from California and the Midwest and the East Coast is moving to Utah. And there's a reason for it because it's a beautiful place. Economy's good. Like, yeah, I get it. But so, you know, home values as such are, are climbing in value. So, so I, you're saying even if it, it's not worth what you're in it. Right. Matter of time until eventually it will be. Right. Okay. Right. Right. And I, and, and like I said, I think that the videos will offset any of the, yeah. Um, depreciation. And I would be, yeah. One, one more. Go for it. Yeah. So I, the price of the house is 1.5 million. I'm working with a lot of companies to get a lot of free stuff. Good. And a lot of that free stuff is going to offset that number by probably $200,000. If I had to guess, that's yeah. like my, my, my best guess. So that'll offset the depreciation as well. So I'll be in it myself 1.8, even though the average person would be in it too. So then if I sold it for 1.6, it doesn't hurt as bad. Right. And considering the value that you're going to get out of the home with the videos that you post. on, Right, right. And I, I truly believe that the, 
these videos are going to help take me to the a different level. level and add a whole new demographic. How have your current home videos performed? Awesome. Really? Better they, better than the car videos, you'd say? Um, Views-wise, about the same. Okay. But I feel like the interest level has been really, really high. And then when I think about it, like the home videos that I'm filming right now are not very exciting videos. It's me just like walking around on a, like showing a walkthrough on a computer. Whereas I think the actual, like the framing the house, I think that video will do really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just like even the home tour video. Like when I finally move in and I film that video, yeah. this is the home tour, there's a chance, like we talked about earlier, you can never predict viral videos. There's a chance that video could get 10 million views and I could, I could earn a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. It's totally possible. Uh, when I look into the future, that's a video that I think could crush it, especially if this garage is how I'm envisioning it. You know, the thumbnails like this incredible back cave garage with a car elevator. I got 10 supercars there. That video could get 10 million views. I could make a hundred grand off of it. I'd be interesting to see how those videos perform. Yes, my experience, sure. my remodel videos do mm -hmm. not do that well. Yeah. There some yeah. of the worst performing videos Yeah, because it doesn't look like things have get done of course like yeah. sometimes two months could go by and the place looks the same for sure but it's hard to convey like oh but it's new electrical in there yeah there's yeah, a, yeah there's a roof that's brand definitely. new it's like you can't show that stuff it's it's not interesting it's not yep. like the sexy stuff yep yep but yep. the people who watch those videos love them so oh, you get yeah. a small uh -huh. audience who's really dedicated versus mm -hmm. a big audience for sure so i try to sprinkle those in every now and then but it's hard to get those videos to do well so yeah. i'm curious if you're gonna have a different experience than me and i don't know I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. I think that the storyline of the house should do pretty well because they'll be watching it be built from the ground up, like digging the hole to me moving in. Whereas your videos, you know, it's a remodel, mm -hmm. maybe not quite as exciting. Now, like you said, though, like, you know, digging the hole, there'll be a lot of hype for that because that'll be like the first construction video that'll do well. You know, pouring the foundation will be kind of cool. The framing, I think, will do really, really mm -hmm. well. Once the framing is done, the house won't be changing that much that quickly. Those videos might not be quite as exciting. But I think that um, towards the end of the build, the move-in videos, I think those would do really, really well also. So we'll kind of sort of see. But I'm excited. I'm excited about doing something that's kind of different mm -hmm. also, but still car-focused. And it'll add a lot of nice filler content. Because a lot of my videos, I'll film like a 12, 13, 14-minute video, and I'll hit like six or seven different topics. You know, I'll talk two minutes on the event store, two minutes on the Bugatti, two minutes on the GTR, go check out the house, film two minutes there. So it'll be a nice little like additional storyline yeah. going along with the rest of the story. One thing I yeah. wanted to say about the difference between his home videos and your home video is I think that your home video is more so just about the financials of the home. And because that's like the main focus in the video is like the ROI and the amount of money that you're spending and then what you're getting for that. Whereas with your home videos, like you said, I think that it's a little different. Like it would be more entertainment based rather than educational. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's I think true. that you're also hitting like on a bigger audience demographic, whereas Graham's kind of just going towards his usual audience. But it's also just a little bit more niche since it's really hardcore focused on real estate. That's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, my videos, you will watch my videos and effectively learn nothing you watch your videos, like it's information, you know, like the amount of information you get is amazing. Mm -hmm. Mine's a total opposite. Yep. You know, it's purely just entertainment. It's just something that's like a stress reliever. Yeah. So that, yeah, I, I definitely think that there could be a difference there on the home build videos. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to see what it's going to be like. Um, I feel like home, vid home uh, build vi videos have done actually really well though. Like all yeah. like the move in videos and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Those videos are always on trending. Yeah, I feel yeah, like every yeah, single are. week yeah. you see at least two like yeah. our new home videos. I also want to film one of those videos. It's like 
I'm going to, I'm going to film obviously throughout the process. And then at the end, I'm going to make a compilation video. That's like building my house from start to finish in 12 minutes. Yep. And it'll start, you know, the opening yeah. clip is me standing in a dirt lot. And then the final clip is me, you know, walking through the garage. Those the videos cars. always do the best. Yeah. That's they crush I it. did on my remodel. Yeah. They crush the it. The entire way. Yeah. It's just okay. Right. And yeah. then that final video where I put it all together yep, in one. Yep. yep. Well, that, people that's love the, that's instantaneous gratification, yeah, right? Like that's what they want. So it makes sense. So I think that video could also, that video could crush too. Yeah. You know, we'll kind of see YouTube, you know, you can never predict, you can never predict right. viral videos, but yeah. How much strategy do you put in your videos right now? It's like thinking, I want this video to play on this one. And like, I'm going to save this video for this day. And like, there's a lot that I do behind the scenes that I don't think people realize. I see you change thumbnails a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You change thumbnails all the time. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite is yeah. when I'll be scrolling. I'll be like, wait a second. This was different. Like 10 yep, minutes yep, ago. Yep, yep. And then I'll so change it again. I was in yeah. Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I posted a video, and it was from the first leg of Gold Rush Rally from Seattle to Spokane. Posted the video. It was doing awful. Like, just terrible. I think it had like 13,000 views in the first eight hours or whatever, mm -hmm. let's say. Like, they didn't have 10 to 10 back then, but if they did, this video would have been like 15 of the 10. Like, it was just awful. Yeah. And during that day, there was a Bugatti Veyron Supersport that got pulled over by a police officer, and I filmed that happen, but that was not the title, that was not the thumbnail of the video, it was just a scene within the video. And I changed the title and the thumbnail to Bugatti Veyron pulled over by Washington State Police, and then the thumbnail was that instantly. In a split second, the video just took off skyward. Wow. Like absolutely insane. And I remember after 24 hours, it set a new record for the most views I'd ever had in 24 hours. Wow. Although in the first like however many hours, it was like the worst video. And so that was the day I realized how important titles and thumbnails were. Yep. That video has like title 3 million. And thumbnail? It was really lame. It was like Gold Trip Rush Rally Convoy Hall. to whatever like it was just like a yeah. dump. Was not, was not, yeah. <laughs> whatever it was it was stupid but this was back in the day i didn't know what i was doing right you know you just didn't and that day it clicked with me that's when i realized that a thumbnail title change can completely change the dynamic of a video because that's what people see yep. when they scroll on youtube that's that's what they see in that moment they decide then and there if they're going to watch the video based off of that fact and that fact alone yep and so since then i've you know followed the same uh you know same whatever and so I'll change thumbnails and titles all the time and it can change the dynamic of a video. Yep. You know? That happened to our video yesterday. We posted it. The original title was Real Estate <laughs> so bad. Real Estate Spikes 6%. <laughs> It sounds stupid. In hindsight, in the, like that is a terrible. Isn't it funny how that the, happens, though? Like in the moment, <laughs> right. we were like, I, I, oh, it out, yeah, I was like, yeah. that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it's it. so that's good. Not, yep. The title was Real Estate Spiked 6% my thoughts <laughs> i posted it bombed and it was the worst performing video i posted in a long time and I, to the point where i'm like is this is this actually happening right like, right this has got to be a glitch yeah. on you because it was so low <laughs> and i'm like okay it's it's obviously the title so we change it to i forget like like the 2021 real estate crash or something uh, like that. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now because now it's going to make some sense here. It went from real estate market spiking 6% to like a real estate calamity. Real, okay, yeah. so real estate market spiked 6%, my thoughts, changed to the real estate market just got worse. And it spiked, you got a lot, right? Didn't it? Instantly. Yep. Instantly it so turned it from such a bad performing video to a really well performing video. Yep. Just really off that title change. Yeah. That's it. It's crazy. Yeah. 
And I do that all the time because there's lots of times I have a video. I'm like, this was a good video. Yeah. Like it should be performing better. Like people would enjoy watching this video and it doesn't because of a poor title thumbnail. Yeah. And then you change it. And then there are other times like this is not a good video. I shouldn't do this. this shouldn't, nobody should be watching this video. And then you change it anyways and it spikes. And yeah. Happy. Yeah. And sometimes it's, you change it and yeah. it does absolutely nothing. You oh, know, yeah. sometimes it does all the time. Yeah. yeah. Usually I've noticed after about 45 minutes to an hour is usually my like whatever title you do it doesn't right. really have an effect every yeah, now and then it will the towel. yeah um but i've actually i've changed titles and thumbnails on videos like the day later right and uh-huh. have seen just the instant switch up it's yeah. crazy how that works people are going to call me out for this but it here's the thing but really quick we have to thank grammarly for the final sponsor of this podcast i cannot tell you the amount of times i've struggled in my writing whether it be for school work or just a letter to a family member well i recently got a grammarly premium account And not only has the process of writing gotten a lot easier, but also my writing has gotten way more effective. Grammarly Premium helps evaluate your writing through their really intuitive website that provides clarity checks, vocab suggestions, and advice on your tone. My favorite part of Grammarly Premium is their goals feature, where you can get tailored writing advice based off of your goals and your audience. For example, I can choose which tone I want to write in, and Grammarly Premium can adjust their writing advice to reflect that tone. Everyone always talks about walking the walk or talking the talk. How about we write the right with Grammarly Premium? If you don't already have Grammarly Premium, I strongly encourage you to try it out because it has never been more important to have clear, concise, and effective writing. Evaluate your writing with 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash iced coffee. That's 20% off Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash iced coffee. Thank you guys and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Some of my videos are evergreen, so I could post a video today. And it's going to be the same video today as it will be five years from now. It's just like the basic core principles of how to invest. But for SEO purposes, I'll title that video, How to Invest in 2020 for Beginners. But it's the same advice right. as you would say in 2015, <laughs> as in 2030. Yep. So when the new year comes around, how to invest for 2020? That's why I never get text messages back from you on New Year's Day. Because <laughs> you're changing all the titles and thumbnails yeah. on those videos. <laughs> yeah. But it's incredible. Now, I, I never did that. Like, normally what I would do is then just 2021 would come around. And I and I know January is a busy month because then I could remake all those videos. How to invest in oh, 2021. Right. The best credit cards of 2021. It, it's, it's just this green field, this blue sky of content every January because oh, absolutely yeah you make the new videos yep but I've had all these old videos that were like so good that I felt bad and you would just see 2021 right yep just change the uh, title 2021 instantly they, they go back up one of my most viewed videos now is something I made like two or three years ago and I just put the 2020 in the title and oh, to this day it's still the, and it's still consistently yeah it's the same thing I don't know in the video, like, I'm going to show you how to invest 2018. <laughs> like, the title's different. Right, right. But it's the same thing. So, Have you know. ever deleted an old video and then re-uploaded it? Like, would you take one of your 2018 videos, re-upload it on January 14th and just change it and have the I, exact same video, different title? I have been so tempted to try. I've never done that. I've wanted to do that as right, an experiment right. so badly. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that, but I've wanted to. The main reason I couldn't do that is that my videos were so bad back then. Really? <laughs> they're so awful. They're so cringy. Like, if I go back two years ago and I watch my video, I was like, nope, I can't, I can't do anything. Even if I go back six months, you know, I watch my older, I don't yeah. know. I watch my older videos and yeah. like, I, couldn't, I would never want to re-upload that. But some of my viral videos from years ago that are now dead, it's like, man, I just re-upload that and make a huge use again, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? The only we've we've re-uploaded a few videos, but usually those are videos that have issues in them. 
and usually right. within 24 hours. This is the right. Only, but I hate doing that because yeah. it's, it, when you put, you know post a video, that first hour, oh, it's those everything. are all the people that really make that video was, what it is. Yep, mm-hmm, and yep. then if you repost it the day later, sorry guys, there's a glitch in the video, something happened. Right. Uh, none of those people come back the second time. Yep. So it never does as well. I can't stand doing that. Or you have to really change the title and the thumbnail so much that you need to re get those people. You have to get those people back. Yeah, but then those people click on the video and like, wait, it's I watched this thing. yesterday. Click and then out. they're like disappointed. Yeah. And then they're kind of, I don't know. And those are your most loyal viewers. Yeah, those are who you create content for. Yeah. Did my, one of my cars just fall? Did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what was good. that? Yeah, I don't know what that was. The GTR falling on the Tesla. <laughs> I mean, if that I, happens, yeah. could I get on, the footage from my, yeah, yeah. From my channel? <laughs> I was uh, was worried about driving under that lift because in yeah. my mind, I've seen like Final Destination and all right. those things and driving under, I'm like, this could this, be it. Is this secure? Like if, if this were to fall, I was I had a game plan. Of what like, was your plan? <laughs> duck. Like as soon as I heard a creak, <laughs> as soon as I heard a creak, I was going to so get So that's down. why when I looked over, yeah. you, you like, yeah. As soon as I was going to do this, and then I'm like, how quickly can I open the door? If the car fell, would it fall at an angle or like? Right, so right. Wow, there were a lot of calculations went into this. I, I wasn't expecting to drive underneath that thing, so. You could sure You should have just gotten out of the car before. <laughs> no, that's fine. Let's take a risk. But anyway. What a risk taker, Graham. Yeah. But anyway. At some point, I, I do want to re-upload a video and just see what would just... Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. What do you think about that idea? I don't see why bad? not. I mean, what do you, what, what's worst case scenario? What, what's the downside? Uh, the algorithm. I'm always yeah, afraid of the algorithm. Knows, so like, the but like you create... The, the thing is about the algorithm, like at the end of the day, you create good content that people want to watch. People are going to, you know, like that's, that's what matters more than anything, more than the algorithm. You make good content. Mm. People want your content. They're going to watch your content. You know, I don't know. I believe in the algorithm. Do you really? I see. I am a, I am a, I believe the algorithm. I don't think plays a role in my success. Oh, I, oh, oh, oh. this podcast just got a little bit longer. I feel like I am forever indebted to the algorithm. So you think that your channel success is because You've gotten YouTube lucky picked. with the algorithm, and somebody at YouTube is like, I, Graham Stefan, I like him. Algorithm, you. I think it's about creating content that does well from an, from an algorithm standpoint. I think I can make really good content, but without the titles and thumbnails, like you mentioned, of course, yeah. it wouldn't do well. But is that because so the, I think figuring out what the algorithm wants, right, and then creating content that I like that would also appease the algorithm is really important. Because right. I want to hit that demographic. I want the videos to do well. I want them to have the biggest reach as possible. So I think right. learning what that algorithm is and then crafting videos around it. But the algorithm is also dependent on like click-through rates and stuff like that. So if you're changing the thumbnails and stuff like that, yeah, you are playing to the algorithm, but at the same time, you're trying to produce a thumbnail or a title that has a better click-through rate. So if someone sees this new title or thumbnail, they're more compelled right. to click but, on it. But it's seeing then which titles and thumbnails are being clicked on, what the algorithm is recommending, and then right. kind of shifting in that direction. Isn't aren't more what you're talking about is human psychology. Like when you change the title thumbnails, I don't do it for the Gosh, algorithm. No, I do it for human psychology. Sometimes I feel like there there is an algorithm that that puts you in a box, and you you get within a certain range. Like you've mentioned for your right, video, right. within a certain view range. When you post a video, I bet the first hour you probably get almost the same amount of people clicking in the first hour. Right, a lot of the time. Yes, yeah. yeah uh-huh. That first five minutes. 
the same amount of people hit your video in the first five minutes. Right. Isn't that just Statistic, statistics, I, though? No. I, I, I can't imagine when you have a sample size of, of, let's say, three million people. Right. That you have a wide range of topics that always you're going to get the same amount of people clicking in the first five minutes. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, ideally, I would think some would be huge, some would be little, but it wouldn't right. stay as consistent. Right. But like, think about an Instagram story poll. When you make a poll on Instagram, five minutes, let's say the ratio yeah. is 40-60, after 20 minutes, it's still 40-60. Not it never always. changes, Not but always. it only yeah. fluctuates maybe a percent or two, at yeah, least but, for me. But that's because you're getting such a large sample size within the first five minutes. Once you get beyond, let's say, 1,000, 2,000 people, that's a pretty good representation of everyone right. in general. Right, yeah. 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 I mean, that's how they sample politics usually. So look at a sample size of, let's of say, a few thousand people, mm-hmm. and they use that as a representation for but I, more. So I post my videos every single day at noon. Mm-hmm. I have, let's say, three million subs to make it easy. Don't you think roughly the same amount of people? Because it's an average. Yeah. Everything, it's, I feel like, would fall upon an average. That means on average, probably at noon, every single day of my three million subs, there's... 100 to 200,000 of my subs are on YouTube during that first hour. Mm-hmm. And probably, what, half of them are so click, maybe? But I think with the variances in titles and subjects, right. it should not stay so consistent. Well, I mean, my videos do vary from, you know, 900,000 to 1.5 million. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not consistently always 1.1, 1.1, right. 1. Like, so there right. are, there are, I but mean, it's still a, a pretty tight range. It's not that tight, though. I mean, it's a, that's a 50%. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a decent size yeah. variance. But I mean, my, my, my thing on YouTube has always been, if you make good videos, people want to watch the algorithm will like you because the algorithm, what are the key factors? Watch time. Mm -hmm. Isn't watch time the most important factor? That's what, what do you think it is? I think uh, it's got to appeal to a broad audience, right? Anyone can watch it and understand it. It's got to be appealing enough for people to see that in their feed and want to click on it right and then sure. engage with the video okay so liking comments so you think likes and comments make a big difference i do so my videos i'll be like oh if today's video gets a hundred thousand likes you know i'll do this mm-hmm. and lots of times i'll hit it and a video will get a hundred thousand likes and if i don't say anything let's say it gets fifty thousand likes that video never gets more views and never i've i've always found on my end it helps really yeah. especially comments like really? i know within the first when I post a video, I could tell how well it's going to do right. by based on how many people comment. Yeah, yeah. Almost always in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Same yeah, with I mean, likes. My comments yeah. doesn't make a difference at all. Some of my most viewed videos have the least amount of comments. It might be different algorithms for different creators, though. It, oh, yeah. It, yeah. I, I, think I, that, I don't doubt that. I can that. see that. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. yeah. But don't you think at the end of the day, the most important thing is if you film content people want to watch yeah i think logically it would be like average view duration Mm -hmm. and then the amount of people that are recurring viewers absolutely recurring is huge i think those two are probably like logically yeah that is what i know like i like if i like a creator i will continually watch everything they put Mm -hmm. out and i will watch it all the way through the end oh for sure so youtube knows to recommend there i just think of myself as a viewer what i get recommended and why i get recommended those videos right and those are basically the two main reasons because i get recommended your videos all the time and that's because a while back I watched one of your videos I watched the whole thing and then I watched another one Mm -hmm. and ever since then you've been recommended and then when you post a video I click yeah so that reoccurring I think that's at least from a subscriber standpoint yeah I think it's I think it's both but I think a lot of it's marketing Mm -hmm. just like you if you could have a perfect product but if you have terrible marketing for it no one is going to want to try it but isn't that once again just human psychology marketing I mean in a sense of course versus versus like this algorithm that then we're putting which is more important is it marketing or having good content 
And I think right. the, oh, algor- for sure. the algorithm, I think, looks at, looks at everything. It looks at first marketing, and then do people watch and like the video? Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, marketing is like, that's that's key. So maybe we're talking about the same I thing. I think we are. Yeah. I think I we're mean, talking the about the same thing. I do think encompasses both. Right. But I don't know. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. Okay, so sometimes I'll be talking to the other, other creators, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, yeah, my videos just aren't getting very good views. The algorithm is just killing me right now. And when they say that, it sounds like they're making an excuse. They're, they're, they're saying like, my video's not getting views because someone at YouTube doesn't like me anymore. It's not because I need to make my videos better. But, you know? Sometimes I, I, I've heard people say stuff like that mm-hmm. and I've seen their content. I'm like, yeah, no, it makes sense why you're not getting views. Right. It makes, but it also makes sense why an algorithm's not pushing this content. Right, yeah, Because yeah. it's just, it's not content that I think YouTube right, would want to stand behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it's not necessarily good content. Like, okay. some of the content I feel like this would not be a good image for YouTube to endorse. Okay. Well, I think that that's kind true. of a different. That's a different. That's a different. Topic, like, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about like, can we say the word gun? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, sure, you yeah. know, if we're talking about, about stuff like that, yeah. then yeah, absolutely. The algorithm plays a huge role for sure. But I'm thinking of just your average family friendly content, you know, like what we create, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when I think of other creators who make the same family friendly content, Sometimes I feel like they're they're making excuses rather than just saying I got to do better, you know. Like when they wake up the next day, like oh the algorithm's killing me, I don't want to post today. Instead of thinking like I wake up, I got to go film a cool video. I got to make my videos better than the last video. Honestly, it's also a mindset thing. It's just by sure. having that mindset, you're more likely to create content the algorithm will like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. Yeah, who knows? The algorithm I think is your friend. I, that, that's whether or not you right. believe in the algorithm. Right, yeah. Graham, I think, though, I think like, the algorithm was most in our favor when we had the best content. Remember, like, how you would say, like, oh, back in, like, April, yeah, it was April, so easy to make news? Oh, because yeah. Because there was, there was yeah. so yeah, much so news on. in the finance yeah, community. Yeah. And our yeah. algorithm was performing like crazy. But at the same time, I mean, you didn't have to look very far to, you know, make a video about something. Because yeah. there was news about literally everything. Yeah. Groundbreaking finance news oh, every yeah. single day. So at the same time, it's like the algorithm was at its peak when there was the best. But that was also the algorithm was working in everyone's favor because people were taking an interest in personal finance. So I think YouTube saw that that finance is a thing right now that a lot of people oh, absolutely. are absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. okay, we got these finance channels. Let's give them more exposure now because sure. more people sure. are interested. So then you yep. have good content in terms of of just reaching more people. How much do people want to hear about the algorithm? I'm worried now we're yeah, talking too much about it. Yeah, I think that we yeah. you said, You know okay. what we should talk about? Yeah. Bugattis, expensive cars, <laughs> spending money. Uh, spending money. <laughs> yes, spending yeah. money. Okay. Let me just say. Yes, I'm a spender. Today was my first time ever sitting in a Bugatti, and it was life-changing. Do you say Bugatti or Bugatti? Bugatti. Bugatti. I think it's Bugatti. how, like, okay, I probably completely messed that up. What, what about just Bugatti? I say Bugatti. Bugatti. <laughs> it's the Bugatti. Bugatti. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. How did it feel sitting in a Bugatti? It was low and the seats were hard. And uh, as soon as we, he put the, the pedal to the metal, that was when things, you know, turned around. It was crazy. What did it feel like? The, I mean, the intake was like screaming. <laughs> and yep. and uh, it just like felt like a rush. I was saying, uh, you know how like Disneyland has that section like the california whatever adventure oh yeah that roller coaster you know california screaming the roller coaster where they like shoot you off he was saying like you never get sick of it and i can see why because it's like i mean imagine having access to like just the launch in california screaming and you could just do it at whenever you want like at your disposal and so like i mean you pinned it like 
four, five, yeah, six times. It's so much fun. And it's so it just addicting. got more fun every, every time. time. Yeah, yeah. It is crazy. It makes me want to buy one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm not going to oh, get a Tesla. No, gosh. I'm going to get a Bugatti. All right. It's Give dangerous, me years. though. That car is dangerous because it can get up to speed so quick. I refer to it as go to jail speed, mm-hmm. and that would be anything basically above 100 miles an hour. And the car gets to that speed so fast. It tempts it's like you. It's, it's interesting so on the speedometer when you see it. The 100 is like on a normal car would be right. like 40 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That's 100 on that car. <laughs> yeah, 100 is just like barely out, like yeah. above zero. Sometimes it's hard to know how fast you're going because it goes... You know, like the increments are so much. It goes right. 0, 20, 40, 60, but it's all in like, you know, just a tiny little section of the speedometer. Right. It's hard to gauge like, wait, am I going 40 or am I going 20? It's kind of weird. Yeah. But you get used I to find it. it most interesting driving behind you and watching all the reactions. Oh, yes. Especially here in Utah. Oh, my gosh. That was oh, crazy. Wow. There was a, we were driving to the house and there are two kids on the one side by the sidewalk. Yep. And you drove by and l- they just, froze for a second, looked at each other like, what, what's going right. on right now? <laughs> and then there was like one second where they didn't know what to do, so they started running. <laughs> yep. They started running. <laughs> and they were like trying to catch up with the car yeah. just to get a glimpse of it. It is uncomfortable. It's exciting and very nerve-wracking all at the same time. Just because it, it's, I don't buy the cars for the attention. I don't like the attention at all. I love the way the cars look. I understand why they get so much attention. Yeah. But when you're on the freeway and there's five cars circled around you and every single person is holding a cell phone filming you, it's very nerve wracking because you're like, well, what if the guy in front of me hits his brakes and I got a brake and the guy filming me from behind rear ends me, you yeah. know? So it's super nerve wracking from that standpoint. And then you think about the value attached to the car and you think about the insurance policies of all the other drivers. So like that part's really nerve wracking, but then it's really fun when you go to a gas station and somebody's just freaking out because they've never seen a Bugatti in their entire life. Because this is the only Veyron in Utah right. that I'm aware of. There could be one hidden, you never know. But you know, for most people here, they've never seen a Bugatti in their entire life. So it, those genuine reactions are pretty fun as well. And I totally get it because when I was a 10-year-old kid, that's how I would have reacted yeah. too. So it, it is fun. And that's part of the reason I drive my car so much is growing up, I never saw cool cars so I just told myself, if I ever am fortunate to own a cool car, I want to share it with people. You know, let people see it. Let people sit in the car, take photos, take people for rides. Like that's always been a huge motivating factor for How me. How often do people ask what you do? It's weird. Most of the people who see the car know that I'm a YouTuber. Okay. Especially here in Utah. Even there's a lot of people who don't watch me, but they're still very familiar that I'm here. You know, oh, you're the car guy with the purple cars. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I'm described as here in Utah because it's such a small community and there's not that, it's not like California. You know, like in Hollywood, there's celebrities mm-hmm. everywhere. We're seeing Utah, you know, it's kind of more of a, a tight knit community. There's not as much going on. And if you've seen the purple Bugatti once, you remember it. And so people talk. Um, so a lot of people are, are very familiar with me and they know that I'm a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. You know, I. it's funny when I first got the Gallardo, obviously, that wasn't the case. And I would get that question asked all the time. I don't think in the Bugatti I've gotten that question one really? single time because everybody. They're now every, familiar with you. Yeah, they're familiar. They've and seen they enough know. insane cars. Yeah. And I like I've been featured a couple of times on the local like news and stuff. For and what? So, just for my cars and my career and stuff. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's we, this is Yeah, this is Utah. That's <laughs> they, cool. They like feature local people occasionally. Like 31 year old buys Bugatti. That's basically like what the title of the article was. It, was. Really? But this was back when it was, I had the event store. Yeah. I didn't have the Bugatti yet. They reached out to me and they wanted to do another one. So 
I need to do that. That's at some fun. Point. Yeah, no, it is fun. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's super. Do cool. you do you ever do any like one of those those Make a Wish things? Because I feel like yeah. the Bugatti. I mean, that oh, would be sure. like uh, any any kid's dream. Oh, definitely. Would be good to ride in that. I've never done specifically Make a Wish Foundation, yeah. but I've done stuff very similar. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's super cool. I mean, the kids' reactions are always really fun. You got to be yeah. you got to be cautious though, because you know when you're taking a ten uh, year old kid for a ride at Bugatti, you're not going to go right. 150 miles an hour. So you give them the experience, but you don't go absurd speeds. You know, imagine just just launching the car 200 <laughs> miles an hour. Give yeah. them one like a really good good experience. Well, so like yeah. you know, I, I've taken a lot of kids for rides, and you know they're so content at anything like because the car you know when you're driving 25 miles an hour you feel like you're in a spaceship and you feel like you're going faster than you're going half of the time too so usually you don't have to go 200 miles an hour to get the 200 mile an hour feel if that yeah makes sense, you that know? would make a great viral video i've seen some where it's uh what was it the one in the tesla where they had the people for launch control oh yeah yeah like Do launch control reactions yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy though like like we discovered today you know the tesla launches harder than the bugatti yeah but it's the bugatti you know around I don't know, 25, 30 miles an hour, those turbos kick in and it mm. just takes off. Yeah. You know, and that's obviously pretty exciting. Yeah. So did we talk about how much the car was in the podcast? I don't think so. How much was so it? So I paid 880000 for okay. it. Mm-hmm. And I put down five eighty, and I financed 300000 Now, when you had the five eighty, where was that money? Was that just savings account? Yes, sir. High interest savings account? No, sir. Why? <laughs> because I knew that I was going to make the purchase. It... I generally make I, a purchase from a high interest well, savings. No, account. I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Um, it's one of those things where I, I generated the money fairly fast, and a lot of the money that I used to for that five eighty was from car sales. Oh, I see. So okay. I sold the Ford GT, I sold the C eight Corvette, I sold the Super, all very, very fast. And then I was on the hunt in the market for the Bugatti. I took all of the money from those proceeds to buy the car. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, I take took the money, put it in the bank account, and then I was waiting to make a purchase at any given second, and then I bought the car shortly thereafter. Did you feel financially comfortable to buy the car? Or do you feel like you kind of were stretching it a little bit, but you you knew it it would pay off for the channel? Yes and no. The channel provides the ultimate justification. You know, I know that I can film content with the car. I can get, you know, a million, two million views per video, make, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a video. And I knew, you know, I had just this list of videos to film with the Bugatti. Like what we filmed today. Mm-hmm. You know, this car is still pulling. I, I know the video we filmed today is going to get good views. It's still pulling in those dividends. And so that helped a lot. I was really, really thorough on the process to buy the car. It took me a long time. And my audience was a little bit on edge and a little bit frustrated because it took so long. Because buying a Bugatti is not an easy process. I remember watching your videos about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. The hunt for the supercar. How long are you planning on holding on to the Bugatti for? I don't know. I really, really like the car. And I see myself owning it for a long time because I truly believe that the Bugatti Veyron is at an all-time low in value. Like I see there's a certain group of cars that are investment grade cars. They can have huge return on investment. And I see the Bugatti as being one of those cars because back in 2005, it represented performance. Like it smashed every single record. W16, quad turbo. Like the... Just the engineering that went into that car is unparalleled. There's still not a car quite like it. Like the Chiron as well, which is another Bugatti, but the Chiron is effectively a Veyron as well. Like the Veyron was the car. And when you look at the other hypercars for sale, the Bugatti is such a great deal. So I think in five, 10 years, it could be worth double, triple what it is now. And so I'd love to see 
myself own the car and enjoy, you know, those appreciation gains. Obviously, I could be completely wrong. Mm. You know, the car could half in value. But at the end of the day, like, it's a Bugatti. They only built 450 of them. It's an incredibly rare car. It's a collector car. It's always going to be worth a significant amount of money. So that's that's part of the equation. Obviously, these cars can be a maintenance nightmare. And so if I get in a situation where the car starts breaking a lot, I'm getting repair bills of 40, 50,000 bucks and the content's not doing good and there's some other car that I have aspirations to own, I might sell it. Walk us through some of the repairs. Uh, Nick was telling me $21,000 for an oil change. Yep. 21,000 for an oil change. So that's one of the big ticket items. Obviously you have to do that once a year. I think it's every 10,000 miles on it though, or once a year. Yep. So you have to do that. Obviously, you know, you got to ship it to a Bugatti dealer, which is San Diego or Southern California. How like much Beverly does that Hills. cost? Ship it. Uh, 1500 bucks. Okay. Probably the tires on the car are crazy. The OEM tires are $38,000 a set just for the tires. Wow. The wheels have to be replaced every third tire change. And don't quote me on this, but I think there's 70,000 euros. I don't know what that exchange rate is. Wait a second. Wait, wait, what do you mean? You mean the rims have to be replaced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do the rims have to be replaced? So the rims are glued to the tire and the car is rated. It's the difference between the Bugatti and every other car. It's rated to go 254 miles an hour. So every single component on the car has to be engineered to withstand 254 miles an hour. Even if you're not driving the car that fast, the wheel, basically the structural integrity of the wheel, they say every third tire change is not efficient or whatever the word is, sufficient, not sufficient to withstand 254 miles an hour. Tire so every, every third tire actually... change is about 5,000 miles. So that means after three tire changes, that means you've driven 15,000 miles. So that means the wheels have endured 15,000 miles of rotation. Mm-hmm. So the structural integrity is not sufficient to withstand 254 miles an hour. So they recommend replacing it. Why not just not drive 250 miles so, like if you if you were driving under 120 yep and then you just like every 10th absolutely and so do i agree 100 percent. so my car has aftermarket wheels and tires that are normal price you know the tires are two grand to replace the wheels are just normal wheels they're not glued to the tire now i have a set of the oem tires and wheels and if i want to do a top speed run i'll put those tires wheels on but you know that might happen like you said what once during ownership and i'll do that now that's why the true baller if you see a bugatti veyron running around on oem wheels and tires like you know stock tires and wheels that's the definition of a true baller because he is rocking those prices whereas obviously i'm rocking the aftermarket because it just makes more sense. how many people do aftermarket on a bugatti like that Mm, well you know very few bugattis actually get driven so 450 veyrons let's say 75 in the united states a lot of the veyrons a lot of the owners own multiple Veyrons. I know of a guy in North America who owns six Veyrons. Why? That's the thing. They're collector cars. I don't know. I, don't, I can't explain it. You know, these guys, they have hundreds of cars. They're that would super be like $200,000 a year just in maintenance if well, you don't even drive the car. The thing is, those cars don't get driven. They just sit, you know, in a collection. Yeah, but even just changing the oil once a year to sit in a collection. They, they Do they don't just get drain the oil? The oil really? They probably, they, some possibly um obviously i can't speak for every car but most most of the cars you know don't really get maintained or these guys just have so much money they don't i mean if you have six bugattis you yeah have a hundred car collection don't care i don't know if they really care yeah. that much you know um so basically there's there's very few bugattis that are actually driven because of that there's just very few owners 
you know, because a lot, like the guy that I bought this car from, he had another Veyron. It's crazy. Like there's something about the Bugattis. Every single, nearly every single Bugatti owner I know has multiple Bugattis. Off the top of my head, I don't know if I can think of one Bugatti owner that only has one other than myself. I, I want to know more about maintenance. I want to know oh, how, maintenance, yeah. how far will a Bugatti Veyron go? Like what's the, the highest od- odometer Bugatti Veyron? So Bugatti had a press Veyron that had 60,000 miles on it. I think that's the highest that I know of. But my goal is to beat that. You yourself with this Bugatti. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the goal. Just do a challenge, drive it, and see how long you can drive for it before it runs out of gas. <laughs> I thought about that, but then I saw the price of a replacement fuel pump on the car. And I can't remember what it was, but it was jaw-dropping. It was like five to $10,000. What MPG does it get? Eight. <laughs> okay, so... Driving normal. How many gallons? Driving normal. But the car... If you have a full tank of gas and you drive it foot to the floor, it'll run out of gas in 12 minutes. <laughs> How many it. gallons can it hold? It's actually a big tank. I think it's 25. It's a, a big tank. It's a big that tank. Is, yeah, that's a, it's a big lot. tank. Yeah, yeah, it's a really big tank. You yeah. could have one of the most viral YouTube videos driving my Bugatti Veyron across the United States. I want to do that. Oh, that is actually on my list. I want to wow. I want to go and I want to camp the whole way. That would be yeah. insane. That, that's insane. No, that's that's, it. that's something that's that I want. It, yeah. Number one on trending. That would be. Uh, How could it? anyone not watch <laughs> that? Was it? How could anyone not watch that video? Didn't, didn't Danny Duncan do something like that? Oh, he hitchhiked. Danny Duncan hitchhiked across the United States that's from Florida so cool. to California. So cool. Uh, and did it. Uh, then Eric did what was it? He took a scooter. Yeah, he took a no. He, that, he took scooter? a Fiat or no, a smart car. A smart car. Like yeah, that. something like that. If you did the road trip at a Bugatti, yeah, cool. anything, road trip anywhere, just every video is a new road trip to a new place in that car and camp. Yeah, yeah. Or picking up hitchhikers in a Bugatti. I've been wanting oh, to do that. I've been waiting for or, the right or moment. Like, wow, um, that's good. Doing a, what's the, the car? Uber. Uber, doing Uber. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to do Uber yeah, soon. We, we, I'm going to do Uber that. soon, yeah. My Jeep Gladiator has been converted to a 6x6, six six, so it's going to be like this crazy monster truck, and it's purple as well. And so my plan is to do the Uber video with the Bugatti and the Gladiator. Because in the event that you, you know, roll up to like, and I want to genuinely do it. Yeah. I do not fake any of my videos. No. I don't yeah. set it up. I don't get a girl to, you know, pick her up and have her. Yeah. Oh, surprise. She's not wearing any clothes. You know, like, <laughs> that's, not, that's not my style. Her shirt literally comes right. off as you're driving. <laughs> it's all every, yeah, nearly every Uber video is just a complete yeah, set. I want to yeah, actually genuinely do it. Yeah, because yeah. you actually have to sign up for Uber. And uh-huh, I yeah. doubt that these people actually yeah. made accounts. No. Got approved to be a no, driver. They definitely didn't. No, usually what they do is they use someone else's car. And then they pull up. Pull up, yeah, yeah. 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 So the plan would be to get the Jeep as the actual Uber, but then roll up in the Bugatti and the Jeep. And then so if you end up picking up a party of four, you know, one person can ride the Bugatti and the other in the 6x6 Jeep. So that's a future Uber video that I want to film for sure. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the goal for this car is to, you know, hit those viral videos because one viral video can, it can change the whole dynamic of a channel. It's crazy. How much do you make from those videos? Can we talk viral, about income? Viral videos? Um, viral videos, You, I mean, ad revenue is generally not as good on viral videos. Obviously, because loyal viewers right. watch more of the video. They watch more of the ads. You just earn way more. Yeah. But, um, I mean, per video, on average, hmm, do I want to say that? I don't know. I've already said it. I already said it. You said it on the main channel. Oh, I did. not oh. on the podcast. Oh, uh, probably like seven to eight grand. I'd say on average per now, obviously December, it's a little higher. Yeah. January, maybe per a viral lower. video. No, just for like my normal, like 1 million, 1 million view video. Yeah. Which is usually that, what that, I average. That adds up to a lot over a year. 
Yeah, no, it does. It does. Is, this is this has got to be your highest earning year. Is oh, it? absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's gone higher every single year. Has it gone higher month on month this year? So my best month of all time was September of 2020, and then my second best month, second best month, I think was when was that? It was it was in 2019. Um, I had oh, it was Supra. It was Supra 2019, August 2019. That was a big month. And then my third best month was November. But I'm, I think I'm going to... So it's generally beat, an yeah. upward trajectory. It's definitely an upward trajectory, Can you yeah. share what you made in that September? Like AdSense. Um, it was $135,000. That's what it takes to own a Bugatti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's like... So that's like five oil changes. Right, yeah. And I did, yeah. I did have to do an oil change in September. Yeah. Now, September was the month that I bought the Bugatti. So obviously those first videos did very, very well. Yeah. So as expected, I mean... I would hope that if I spent that much money on a car, September would do me well. And it yeah. did. You know, the the video unveiling the car has like two, I don't know, two and a half million views. I did another race video that has two and a half million views from that month. Yeah. So I got a couple of big videos off the car. And those videos, you know, a lot of those videos over time, that's the great thing about YouTube. You know, you're investing in your future. Yeah. Like my video buying the Aventador, I think that video has four or five million views. You know, it got a million views in the first couple of months and now it has five million. So I hope that the Bugatti videos obviously continue yeah. to spark interest. Yeah. What percentage of your views are from older videos versus newer videos? Like month? Uh, right. Yeah. Every it's month. Almost all newer videos. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, like if when you look at my AdSense graph, it's just like yep. huge spike when I post. Sam. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah, and you maybe have like five or 10 videos that will consistently do well over time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A couple of my viral videos from years ago, you know, I still pull in a couple hundred bucks a month off of those, which is cool, but it's, it's all the new content. If I stop posting, I don't know. It's I might be like 20%. Yeah. I'd say 20%. Yeah. yeah. So I'd probably make, but I would imagine there'd be, you know, after the first month, the second month would probably be worse. Like yeah. it would probably just continue. So in mm. six months, I would wonder, I've always wondered, but obviously like that's not something you can test. Yeah. I've always wondered how much money would I make if I just quit YouTube? How much would I continue to I've, earn every month? Yeah, I've looked at similar channels that have stopped uploading and it seems like they, they all hit a base where yeah. they just kind of hover at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another YouTuber who took the year off and he made $100,000. Wow. Yeah, not, not even a big channel. Well, um, I think he, he has like 200,000 um, OD Productions. Hmm. But he made a video of how much he made taking the year off of making videos. That's pretty cool. But a uh, hundred grand, and he has two hundred thousand subscribers. Wow. But he does e-commerce, so like oh, okay. obviously his CPM was like seventy, like yeah, 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 like yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. But still was interesting. But what I find interesting for you is that despite making that much money, I mean your overhead is very low. Very like low. You, no employees. Nothing. I spend money on nothing. nothing. So it rent. all just goes to cars. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Savings and cars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a I have uh you know this house that I'm building, so I'm yeah. obviously I have the down payment, you know, for that. But yeah, savings. I mean I I buy, you know, I bought the GTR in November. I bought the Aventador Roadster in October. I bought the Bugatti <laughs> in September. We're nearing the end uh, of the year, that's right? That's the thing. I've now reached the point where I don't have any car purchases on the horizon. But sometimes opportunities do present themselves, you know, last minute. So if next week I'm buying a car, I don't, yeah. I don't know about that right yeah. now. But things, things yeah. can change really, really if, quick. If you had to buy a car by the end of the year, yes, what would you buy? Mark IV Supra. It's another. It's a JDM car. Yep. Um, I'd love to. It's just such a cool car. I had the Mark V Supra that I sold to Jeffree yeah. Star, 
And Mark not Ford, that bad. 50 grand for like yeah, a yeah, good yeah, example? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And once again, you know, looking at it from an ROI standpoint, that car would crush it, you know, as 50 grand versus yeah. 900 grand on the yeah. Bugatti. So I think that, I think that car is definitely in the future, but we'll see what happens. Have you thought about hiring an employee? Hiring yes, I have. Yeah. I have. And one thing that I truly love about what I do is my freedom. I have so much freedom. Yeah. And freedom is so valuable and it makes me so happy. I don't want stress in my life. Stress isn't worth it. Stress, yeah, I don't want it in my life. Having an employee could relieve stress, but I could also see it creating a bunch of stress. And you have to find somebody that you trust because you're opening up your entire life to this person yeah. and they could they could mess up some stuff pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, is it worth it? Are the, you know, the increased, you know, prop, increased profit, uh, you know, decrease in stress, is it worth that risk? Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the way I've started to look at it is that you don't look at an employee, let's just say, as an increase in profit. Yeah. You're buying your time back. Right, right. That's really what it is. If yeah. that person saves you 20 hours a week, right. what's that worth to you? To have an extra 20 hours a week to do whatever you want. That's the thing. I love what I do. Yeah. I love every aspect of it. I love creation. I love editing. I love the cars. I love the filming. And I actually enjoy the logistics. Like when we were out at the track today and I was setting up cameras and telling people you get in that car. I just, I yeah. like it. Yeah. I don't, I, it's weird. Like I have, I have the time to basically do most of the stuff that I do. Um, the one thing about filming it takes a lot of energy out of me. I yeah. don't want to be filming every day. That's not what I want. I like filming once every other day, once every three days. Like the days when I'm doing other stuff, it's kind of sort of relaxing yep. and it's actually good for me. So like yesterday, you know, I was Ubering, picking up Teslas, picking up cars, you know, answering text messages. I kind of like it. Yeah. And what about now you have a relationship? I do. We got yes. a strad girl. Yes, I'm dating Tessa. You're dating Tessa. Does yes. she like being in the YouTube videos? Does she want to be off um, camera? Yes and no. She doesn't really care, which is one thing that I like about her. She's happy to be on the channel, but she's happy to be her own person too. You know, I never wanted I never wanted the channel to become Tessa and I with mm -hmm. cars. Um, I don't want our relationship to get mixed up in YouTube fame mm -hmm. because I know of some other creators that have had relationships and you know, YouTube, their audience loves their relationship. And then behind the scenes, they're, they're not very happy together. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they break up and then, you know, YouTube, it's all this drama and they have to make up these, you know, make these make breakup videos. videos. And I just, yeah. it's not what I want. Like I care about Tessa. I want Tessa to date James. Mm -hmm. I don't want Tessa to date Stradman. Sure. And so she's in the videos here and there occasionally, you know, but she has her own life. You know, she works for her own job. Uh, she's busy in school as well. And so, I kind of like hanging out and not be working. Yeah. You know, when I hang out with Tessa, she gets 100% of my attention. I like that, you know. Is there anything else you want to mention? Any final words of wisdom? Thank you guys for having me. Thanks Thank for you. coming to Utah. I had a blast. This is fun. Uh, it was really, really yeah. fun day. You know, if you guys find yourself up in the area again, you know, come When visit. it's warm. It's not going to be anytime soon. No, it, it's warm and again. And it's not going to we'll be warm back. anytime soon either. Yeah. Maybe May. next year. May or June. Yeah, like the summer's yeah. hot up here too. That's yeah. what's crazy. We come, get all four yeah. seasons. Come to Vegas though. After January, come to Vegas we'll be or there. LA. Yeah. 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 Or no, LA. I'm in Vegas. I'm in Vegas all the time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Come to Thank Vegas. Yeah. 
Look at our legs, guys. Yeah. It was only yeah. a matter of time until we yeah. all it was. You know, yeah. got the same <laughs> all right. leg. Now movement. we're in rhythm. All right, Jack. Anything else you need to? No, I think well, we're good. I think we're good. All right. Yeah. Um, so I'll do the outro. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been a blast. I'm exhausted. But we're, where are we going? The Texas, Texas Roadhouse, Texas baby. Roadhouse. Yep. We're celebrating tonight. So <laughs> that's where we're going. So thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe. I'll link to your information down below in the description. Our Instagrams are there where also you could get four free stocks. The offer's still going. I think we're going to be posting this in time before the offer expires. You get four free stocks. Use that link down below in the description. It's worth it. It's basically free money. So if you like free money, use that link down below in the description. Thank you so much for watching. And until Til next, next time. time, say destroy the like button. Oh, yeah, you got to say, wait, what? Smash yeah. the like button. Crush it. Look Kill at, it. Look at this camera and say, make sure to destroy the like button. And if you could please make sure to just destroy the like button, I'd appreciate it. Graham would appreciate it even more. Smash Thanks, it. guys. See ya. cameras or should we just look at each other and or talk as well oh look at each other look at each other act like the cameras aren't there wait so if we look at each other wait are we already starting did we start the podcast are we live the the coming seconds like the the 30 seconds before we start the podcast i throw it in at the end oh so it shows like the build-up i see i see i see yeah yeah yeah. so this (laughs) is going to be an episode just at the end Oh, okay. So it's like, welcome to the 30th ever episode. Welcome to the 30th episode ever of the 30th Ice. ever episode. So, yeah, so just say, welcome to the 30th ever episode of the Ice po- uh, Coffee Hour. My name is James, and so far this podcast is made. Wait, say that again? This is a lot of pressure. 000. I didn't it sign up is. for this. We, I like how it like makes the guest mildly yeah. uncomfortable right off the Does bat. Does every yeah. single guest yes. react yeah. this way? Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of them don't get it right, so it's all good.